Alright, recording in progress. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. Recording on progress on this side too, though. (sighs) Alright, I'm a little bit bigger and I'm just gonna Here we go. All right. Um, ba-ba-da-ba, episode hey, 15. Is it really? <laughs> episode 15, wow. I think so. I mean, that's right, it right? Is, it's been a journey to get here. Dang, it has. When did we start? When was the first one? When did it come out? That was episode one, actually. Was the first oh, one. <laughs> we started at one. Yeah, we started at one. And we're all the way at 15. We did <laughs> the old like, classic. It was in October. October. Yeah. Man, we're I'm, coming I'm up on a year. See, I'm interested to see what our count can get to in a year. Because I've been, I, I sort of was aware of it, other things that generally like started around the time of our podcast, random things that I've, I've seen now numbers for going up to like hundreds. Ooh. That are like, like little smaller things. And, and then there are bigger things, obviously, that maybe start around that time that only one have happened. Like like the new Dune movie, only one of those is coming True, out. true. Screw those guys. Yeah, right? screw you. <laughs> Eat my dust, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's all a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but Man, I, I'm really awful. interested to see where we can get in one year. Did you have any... Uh, like, like, were there, were, was there a number in your mind of like, I bet in a year, I would like for us to have X amount of episodes. Yeah. I mean, like, I think in my head, um, I was thinking of it may, maybe as like a, a bi-weekly thing. And so like something like 25 episodes mm, okay. was like, was like really optimistic. That was like, if we just like hit every mark, that would be like, man, that thing, like we really had a full a full year of like hard right guys action. And it's like, I'm proud that we've got like, what is it like eight months now? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like dude aim for the moon, land amongst the stars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. To get, to get, I mean, hopefully we can get 20, I think. Yeah. I think 20 is huge. Yeah. That would be, that would be huge. And I'm not sure if we will get to that number based on our current schedule, but We'll see, but you know, like you said, landing among the stars somewhere around there, fifteen. I feel I feel great about already. Yeah, and you think about uh, like twenty times average length, like two and a half to three hours. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of jaw flapping between yeah. the two of us. There's like a it's lot good. of cheese in there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cheese in that bite. That bite came with extra cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, so, uh, I, this is a this is a this is a fun episode. I want to dive into it. It is. It is, and maybe we'll just cut everything before this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this episode, we're gonna have um, uh, a longtime friend of mine, John Marshall, is gonna be on the podcast. He's a children's book author. Um, we're gonna talk about children's books. Uh, we're gonna talk about children's story writing. What is a children's story? how can what you makes it one yeah how can you define that and and write that um and and sort of the role that they play and we've got a a, a new segment or not a new segment we're bringing back a, an oldie but a goodie it's too uh, exciting i i she, all i'm saying is that make sure you've got your defibrillator with you <laughs> this one's i'm not gonna requested. say what it's for <laughs> yeah Maybe a shovel is good too, mm-hmm. um, but got, we won't say what it, what's a happening. Defibrillator and a shovel. You should be good for this episode. You'll be set. Yeah. 
And if you don't have those, then you're out of luck, my then, friend. And what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You need to prepare yourself better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and we have a guest. Exactly. And then the challenges from last time. Yep. Absolutely. The same as the topic, the guest, all that other stuff. It's children's stories. Yep. Just to take a, a story from the right guy's past and reconfigure it, transpose it into a tale for children. Yes. How, how delightful. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, we uh, are already reading over some of them. Like, we had some pretty good stabs at it, and uh, it's going to be so fun. Great. It's it, honestly maybe my favorite batch of submissions yet. <laughs> I can't wait to throw them against John and see what he thinks. <laughs> You're like, wow, y'all are an interesting group. We may or may not put him through that. <laughs> okay. <see. laughs> All right. Well, here, without further ado, uh, what do you say we dive into old episode 12 or 15? 15 yes, it is. It is 15. <laughs> here we Let's go. go. Welcome to episode 15 of Right Guys, and the camera's having trouble focusing on me. <laughs> and why is that? Well, I'm wearing a mask because I have COVID, and I thought since we can't social distance here in the bar, we can't get quite six feet apart, I don't think, here. That's right. That's right. This is good because um, I'll go on ahead and wear a mask too. Here we go. We're good. Seems uh, like this may be a, a problem, though, with the camera. So <laughs> maybe it's a good time to reveal to people the truth. Uh, I really wanted this to be our episode 100 reveal. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is coming out in 15th. We're not actually in a bar right now. This is a virtual uh, environment that we've create, simulated. <laughs> so we, we are safe if I take this mask off. Yep. And I but do, we've revealed the lie. I am recovering from coronavirus. I'm sorry this episode is coming out late. It's recording late as well. Um, and I've just recovered. And um, I'm feeling fine now. Good, good, good. But it was an eventful three and a half weeks. At this mm. point, three and a half weeks, right? You've and had it for three almost, and a half weeks? No, I mean, since the last time we recorded an episode. Oh, yeah. Um, like I, I've got, I had COVID, but I've already recovered, but I got COVID at my brother's wedding, which also happened. That's wild. In the time between and the, my brother's wedding, which was great. It was awesome. Perry We're jumping. I'm jumping. Perry's right into a married what's man. On your mind. There's no time to, for us to deal with formalities. I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. Let's just go straight yeah. in. This is my, this is what's been on my mind. Okay, and tell I've, me. Yeah, so my brother's wedding was great. I got, I, I had a suit that fit, which I don't know if I told you this story at all. But no. um, the groomsmen, like, obviously you all get the same suit. This is like a whole part of the tradition. And mm -hmm. um, the one that was picked was uh, for us to go to this website where you are supposed to measure yourself and do all your measurements like by hand oh, and, and I would they gave, like video instructions and like who wouldn't right like yeah. this is like obviously 
people train for years to be able to tailor accurately (laughs) and you're asking me to do this for a suit for a wedding that I'm going to be in. And we're like this, this, it was, it was one of, it was the weirdest thing because it was like, it seemed like such a bad idea that it almost had to work because it was like everyone who's thought of this thought the same thing that we did, that it wouldn't work, but obviously they're still in business. Mm -hmm. So it must just like, like miraculously, they've figured out an algorithm or a way to, get people to do measurements that is just great right and like so we kind of did it but even like it's it was even worse than i thought because like i i know my (laughs) sizes like i could have put in like my suit size Uh uh-huh like i accurate and and that would have been fine and And if it just showed up as that size you would have been good and but like they literally were having us take like measurements of like how many hand widths from my belly button something was <laughs> not and like, even like and like just that's like a inches? relative it's the, not only is the unit relative but the point of distance is relative like my belly button placement the size of my hand like there's no part of that that's tethered to objective reality it's just like an insulated math equation okay well then for this next measurement i need you to grab the nearest pencil yeah uh, could be new, could be used for a few years, and I need I need pencil lengths for your inseam, please. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, the suit shows up, and it's just this full dress. Like it, it was like just went down to like below my knees, and it, they made a suit for like a serpent or like Slender Man or something. <laughs> and so I. I brought it into the store and like there's they do like th- their job there is to like they this is always part of it is like part two is like you bring it in and then they alter it to be like perfect <laughs> so that but guy like, that guy's the magic so the guy yeah. who's like oh no but he can always pull it <laughs> yeah. together <laughs> yeah except when everyone I who walks mine, up he's like oh no except when i brought mine and he just said no <laughs> he was like i can't fix this he was like we, we can't make this work i'm just gonna have to measure you again and order another one but here's the problem like they had they had told us that these shipments take a wa- take a long time order it order it. make sure you order your suits like six months in advance because they take forever to Jeez. ship so we ordered them in february and everyone's getting them throughout the months and like May comes around and I was like, I still haven't gotten my suit and everyone else has like, like they said it could take a long time, but everyone else has gotten theirs and now it has been a long time and I still haven't gotten mine. So I reached out and they were just like, oh, there was just a glitch in the system and we just never shipped it. And I was like, can you please? And they were like, <laughs> all right. So, so they Next do, question. they ship Will it late, ship but, it? but it's on the same basis of like, these things take a while. And so, like, now it's just started that in May. Oh, God. And so, like, it takes basically another month, which is, like, a couple weeks before the wedding. So, like, we're in June now, and the wedding's in June. When the suit arrives, it's June. And I take it I take it in. The um, that, was the, that was the first one that I already described the process for, taking it in. Yeah. And then he said that we can't fix it. We have to order you a new one. <laughs> and this is already same month. And so... The suit came like a week before the wedding and I called and um, I kind of bullied them into <laughs> like letting me take it in and fix it again because they told me that they couldn't do it. They, they were like, it's, it's too soon. Like 
if if the second one doesn't fit, then we'll just have to fix it for you after the wedding. Um, and you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's for so the I, wedding. I just waited till the next day and called again and was talking to someone else. And I just, I mean, I made it clear. I just like, obviously this is their company's fault, like for not sending me any yeah. of my suits in a timely manner. And so and having like, a faulty measuring system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they did it like overnight and I got the suit and it fit and nice it looked great it was a, it was an exciting night it was a beautiful night mm. we had so much fun um there was a highlight like sometimes at things like the, like at weddings specifically julia really goes off like the deep end <laughs> like she like like in a, in the best possible way but it's okay. like she's someone who i don't know like i think that a lot of the time i have the capacity to embarrass julia just with the level or the scale of lunacy Uh something that i would be willing to do at the drop of a hat like could really throw her off in public Uh and like the 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 roles totally reverse at a like in a wedding environment and not not due to me shrinking my capacities in any way she just unleashes purely like yeah like a chaotic almost (laughs) evil energy but like an amazing and, and it's like uh like she kept like obviously the glass clinking thing at a wedding like to uh-huh. make them kiss but like she it wasn't enough i guess when they were kissing and she started yelling <laughs> with tongue with tongue with tongue like and it was like it's my brother and his what and his new wife and like she was kind of getting visibly uncomfortable like the bride <laughs> And Julia just got more and more aggressive and she was getting other people to join him. But at, at one point she was just screaming it at the top of her lungs. And like, I was like kind of hiding my face like at the table and she was standing up, hitting her glass with the knife. And she was just going, with tongue, with tongue, with tongue. And then it went, and she just shattered the glass. Oh my God. The crescendo. Yeah. <laughs> It was like one of the most epic things I've seen in a wedding. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. After after highlight. shattering it, did she sit down just like okay? She didn't sit down after that. And <laughs> I okay. I I stood up at that point and just was holding up the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone look upon the ruin <laughs> she has wrought. It's it was just too perfect. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations to Perry, and I'm so mm-hmm. stoked for him. That's awesome. Yeah, he did get COVID as well. As Damn. far as I know, it was like Julia, him, and I are the people who had got COVID at the wedding. We don't know who spread it as of yet. If you oh, did, man. please come forward. Yeah, just come forward already. <laughs> yeah, or exile yourself. You have and to, we'll know those two options. We'll know by you being the one that we never heard from again. Yeah. Oh man, well that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah and I've been wet. watching have you seen The Boys? Oh no, I haven't. I, I I'm not up to date. It's just the best. We went back and watched through the whole show. And I think that so we're now caught up. The new episode is actually coming out tonight, the night that we're recording this. Mm. The the season finale. And I'm not gonna spoil anything from any season, but mm. this show and it does it's the same exact thing that stranger things does it's good at i think in a lot of the same ways because the scenes are just great you're gripped 
scene to scene. You never it never drops your attention. And I think that's all thanks to the strength of its characters. Every single character is a character that you can care about. You can actually see every character's motivations. There's more to them all. It's mm. like every everyone has a complex set of values and you get to see all their backstories and they all make sense. Mm. And it's just like all the pieces are just moving the way that they would. It just feels like a story playing out in the most logical, realistic sense. Nice. And everything is so justified. And it's just really like satisfying to watch. And it's so refreshing to watch something that I care about so consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shane. Uh, Shane's big a big fan of of the boys. He's been telling me to get into it. Um, and then uh, Jenna's brother Justin. He he's trying to get me into it also. So uh, it's on my list. I will get to it. Uh, did you it. ever watch Peacemaker? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, watch Peacemaker. It's okay. so good. It's fun. It's uh, James Gunn's the director, and he's got such cool style. Um, what did he? But, what else did he direct? I know the name. Uh, that I can't tell you. Not on the spot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I know that I that I that multiple times I've been like, oh, I like him. Uh, I think oh, Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy. Gotcha. Um. But uh, yeah, it's 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 up there too. With the same things you're mentioning, just like like really good character development, and um, yeah. I've mentioned it a couple of times on here. But you seem to just be really dead set and not watching it, which is fine. Yeah, dude. Uh, but I'll, I'll watch no, your shows. I, pe- That's fine. Pe- peacekeeper, you said. <laughs> yeah, is exactly. It, what, is it, what service is it on? Uh, it's Amazon. I don't know. It's Amazon. No, it's HBO Max. Well, one practical thing that I learned from the boys, and this is something that I've been like, I don't know. I, so characters, I'm, I think I've always been relatively bad at writing characters in terms of my writing skills. Character is one of the things that I'm not as good at. And okay. it's sad to me because I think it's like the most important part of story. And one of the things I really struggle with is voice, ca- voicing characters differently. Like, uh-huh. um all my characters sound the same. Like they sound like the same guy talking. (laughs) And um, I've struggled with this so much. And there was a time I can remember like writing my screenplay so, so specifically wanting my characters to have different voices and like having their set of attributes in my head for each character and going through and being like these, these two lines next to each other sound like they're the same character saying them. How can I contrast these by like changing words around so i would like try to find a word that was more colorful in a way that this character kind of was or like contract a word or like take out a word or like change and it was like all little alterations to the same basic template of like saying the thing in the most direct way mm-hmm. so like the, the dialogue would always be a very practical means of delivering information to the reader where it's like they're gonna spell it out for you and then you can sort of change those things around to make it fit with the different characters. And that was not a good way to do it. Mm. Not good at all. Um, mm. I, I don't think it's about word choice. It's not about like, oh, this character contracts more words or like they have an accent. So like you always put little <laughs> apostrophes at the end of it's not yeah. about alterations. It's about like people are so fundamentally different that the way information comes out of someone is like 
you have to rethink it from the ground up yes and the boys showed me this so well where it's like the characters are so different from each other like the and some people will just say information when they're saying something but then some people will just like instead of saying no they'll be like where would i take off my shoes and go piss in a pocket where there's too much then like they'll go like do this whole thing <laughs> instead of saying the word no yeah they're making yeah a grand metaphor but it's like they they're always in this voice that's just drenched in like anger and like, uh-huh. so, and like nothing that they say isn't disgusting uh-huh. and it's like so it like they're kind of absolutes yeah they're they're just so colorful and like there's so much to all of them that like there's no way that they would ever say anything the same way mm. and it's like evident when you're watching it and it just feels so natural and real and just contrasts the characters in in such a beautiful Way. Do you ever, so, when you're writing though, uh, in, in trying to like develop, um, more unique voices, uh, from, from the characters that you already have in your story, like, do you ever, um, I know you and I both like to write intuitively and kind of get in the zone and just watch it unfold. Um, I, I often like, I will peg either a friend I know, someone I know like DB or a character in a movie or a character in a show that I just have watched a million times that I just know how they would act or i'll take like uh it'll be like a okay this is this this person's gonna be andy dwyer mixed with uh you know james Irwin or something like that you know like 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 a friend of of mine and a and a, a character from a show and then i'll just kind of like as i'm writing i'll i'll think about what they would say in that situation you ever do stuff like that I don't think that I don't think I like really do use templates um, like mentally, like um, purposefully or consciously is the word I'm looking for. I don't think yeah. I do. I don't think so, but I think I certainly could do it subconsciously. Like I think every character that I make is in some ways just like a template or like smashed together of like a bunch of different characters I've seen in that role before. Yeah. Um, but for me, it, it it really feels like I. I sort of come up with just this vague idea of what the what uh, like the way this like a new person looks and and talks and acts. Yeah, and I think that yeah. they're, they're usually very basic for me, and like it feels like what I do with a lot of writing and um, storytelling is like I try to keep this the scope of my ambition really tight, mm-hmm. and like use basic building blocks to create something more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I like let my characters a lot of the time be like more basic thinking that if I tried to make really complicated characters, then it would be like a little too big for my britches. Mm. I think it's sort of the opposite effect where like making complicated characters is just one of the things that makes your story better and better. And mm. so like the more work you put into them, the better it gets. But it's like a fear that I have. I think, I don't know. Well, I've, I've certainly noticed a change in my, uh, character writing where I would, I would within the first moments of you meeting a character or certainly the first chapter, I would try to like work in all the nuance of them. Like, who are they? Like, like, let you know them utterly. Uh, and that is something I've changed completely, um, over the past year where now, whenever I approach characters, like, 
you get a little bit of all of them, but at certain moments you gain insight and color mm-hmm. to like to each one of their lives, like a, a little bit more depth, like, and then, and then, you know, whether one comes like from a troubled past or like uh, they, you know, lost their family in a fire or something like that, whatever it was like uh, instead of making it so obvious, it's like making it in, in like kind of an action or a reaction that they have or like a look. And then it's like, that has now been like addressed that there's a little something different over here and there's a little, and, and then, but then instead it also, I feel like gives me, makes me feel like my reserve for, uh, let's say my color reserve for that character is still full. Like I really haven't told much, but right. I've, I've dropped a line in the water that I can return to now because that's set there. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and, and but the story can also progress without getting muddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I want you to do what's on your mind. Yeah. So what's been on my mind? Uh, yeah, it's been three weeks. It's crazy. Um, biggest thing that's been on my mind is I started voice acting and I got, uh, I got to do an audition. Um, and I got, uh, my first callback. Wow. How's that? What, 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 what is it for? I don't know. (laughs) All I know is that it's for a PlayStation game. Wow. And uh it's like like the um uh, the the like the character like the description of the voice that they want is like uh is like kind of like an outlaw military uh uh like like grungy voice, you know? Nice. Like he's seen it all. And yeah. um yeah, it, it was that fun. That sounds got, great for you. Wait, so yeah, how did you dude. find out about the job so a friend uh reached out on um on reached out to me on instagram uh who is a voice she's a voice actress and uh, she does stunts and um uh, in in film and she's been doing it for a while uh found me like through a sleeper and then saw that i had a voice acting reel and she just she just dm me i was like hey i didn't know you were doing voice acting that's cool um if you want any any pointers that's what i do and I was like, oh, my God, I could use all the pointers. So we started going back and forth, and I started sending her stuff. And she was like, this is good. Um, would you would you mind if I – I know a couple casting directors that are, that are doing stuff. Like, would you mind if I kind of tossed your name in the mix? And I was like, uh, please. And so she did, and uh, I got to take a stab at this one. And I, I, like, I, I, I sent it in, like, the same day that I got it. I, like, immediately went home and did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy uh, wrote, or the guy or girl, the casting director wrote her back, and was like, "Was like, hey, I definitely want to see another, a callback from this guy. Who is he? Whatever, blah blah." blah. And she's like, "He's totally new." Uh, so I'm actually in the midst right now of doing the callback for that. Um, That's sick. Yeah, but I got to do that, and I got to do. I've gotten to do an audition for like a, a kids. A kids show, kind of like a, a kids show narrator, almost nice. like a Blues Clues or or something like that, or like Dora the Explorer type thing. Nice. Uh, and so it's been fun. And then I did. I've done like four, uh, Fiverr jobs. So wow, I've been, I've been able to do under your belt. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. Um, and then on top of that, I've been really working on uh, different vocal techniques for new sleeper stuff. Mm. 
and uh, specifically focusing on um, trying to open up my lower volume register of like kind of like the you know that like the like what you hear in like deathcore stuff like that you know like the like pig squeals and all that and and yeah and super high fry vocals and stuff uh, i've never never really given it any attention but uh i've been listening like it's all i've really been wanting to listen to lately mm. and so through listening to it i've been like eh, i could do that messing around with it and that's awesome yeah it's yeah. Been fun that's cool that you're like throwing yourself into the midst of what you're excited about as a listener. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always I, that, that's what I found. I've got to do. I've got to write where I'm at right now and I've got to pursue a technique in something that is interesting to me right now. Like yeah. everything's got to be fresh to get me coming back to the table. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a weird place with with writing. <laughs> Talk about that on my writing podcast <laughs> because I'm I haven't been songwriting for a while. I've been in the phase I've been wanting to record, and so I've been doing recording for stuff. And so I've been like trying to be in sort of kind of a different phase than like than I was in like months ago with right guys. It's it's frustrating for me because it's what I'm think I'm really good at. Like, it's like my favorite part of the process. And so like, yeah. I'm doing it like randomly, like working on like little things and I'm still doing the challenges for this, obviously. And, um, but I've only been writing little things for like music here and mm -hmm. there, but I'm, I'm really jealous, like hearing about you talking about the things that you're into listening to right now and then into writing because now I'm listening to stuff that I haven't written before and like oh I'm yeah like, yeah I see I'm, I'm listening. you're wanting to get in and cut your teeth on it or what uh, yeah well I'm yeah. listening to just a lot of rap and like, oh I, hell I haven't yeah done any rap and I've been I've wanted to but um I, Man. I just need to write one <laughs> Who knows? We could be seeing a, a we we I mean we talked about on the very on our on our on the the the, the famous day where we met up and talked and, and like laid out the framework for right guys. Uh, having a rap episode was was one of them that we really wanted to deep dive rap mm -hmm. and challenge to write raps and maybe even get a rapper on here. Uh, We're to about just, to have a rapper, dude. On here. I can feel it, dude. It's coming. <laughs> it's happening on this episode. Just. Really? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Here he comes. All right, here we go. Let's turn this. Uh, let's turn this tube on and get at this interview. All right. Hey, John. Hey. <laughs> um. So we. I actually just mentioned um your just the fact that you're a rapper quickly that that had just come up right before we jumped into the interview <laughs> yeah had no idea <laughs> i was because <laughs> michael was saying that he really wants to have a rapper on as a guest and i was uh -huh. like you're about to <laughs> and i was like oh Let's really <laughs> <laughs> and i i actually thought that on a, a podcast about writing is probably a good time for me to come clean about a, just an anecdote from our relationship from a long yeah. time ago of, Let's go to battle. I guess. The battle. Yeah, yeah. We did like a, it was on like a youth group. John was like, 
he was a youth leader at a, a youth event um, one year that I was at, and we had planned to, to do like a rap battle. And um, it was oh, something nice. that like he, he had sort of gone up one year and, and he was doing freestyle rap with people who were going up. And I went up and like challenged him in freestyle and it was not good. Like it was like, it was like <laughs> I don't think that there was, I don't think there was a single line at rhyme. I think that I didn't even get into my like third line. I think I just said a line and then another line that didn't rhyme. And then I just gave up. Well, first but of all, was, I think you started. You didn't even have rhythm when you started. It was like it was like no one. No. So it was a disaster. Yeah. And, <clears throat> yeah, it was terrible. And so then, I sort of reached out to him at some point that year, with the idea that we should do another one. But I wanted to write mine ahead of time, and just like ha- like have like a, a, a like a, a legit battle, a rap oh, battle. So, so hold on. This is the part that I didn't know, right? So, I'm thinking like, all right, this is, you know, he's a youth. I'll be easy. I'll be, I'll be kind. I'll be merciful. Ben like worked hard on his, <laughs> the craziest oh, yeah. part. He went in. I was like, all right, let's go, Ben. And I'm all common, you know, common collective. Like Ben, like put on the hood, like, <laughs> smile on me. <laughs> again, again. So, so the way that we played it out like we made it look like it was freestyle and so i came out looking really great in this because i was like i i was i was looking nervous ahead of time like and then i kind of got up on stage and then i put the hood up and i did the whole thing that was totally pre-written and um and not even by me. I couldn't write rap. I I literally tried, and my cousin Ian. <laughs> Ian wrote it, right? Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. Ian, who was a, a way more hood white person than I was, but he still very white. And yeah. so you just but, had a hood. But but we went in. No, like we yeah we we really worked on it for a long time. Like we workshopped the different parts of it and workshopped and yo and it was and. And I feel like now I've got to come clean on my podcast that you, I mean, and then you actually did freestyle in response to mine. And yeah. it was very good. Like you actually did, like, it was, it was obviously like, like, it just looked like it was the same thing continued, but you hadn't actually written something ahead of time. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it he did, he did like it for a, real. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was fun, so I was not ready for what came forward. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Ben. Like, what's... And then you, uh, you dropped those lines that cost tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went for it, huh? He went for it. He went for it. He went for it. Yeah. And, um, oh, that's great. Yeah, to this day, I kind of didn't live it down. I was like, dang, I really like we lost to this white boy. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in reality, yeah. you definitely won the rap battle in terms of <laughs> any like, obviously, to, to freestyle at all is yeah. like real skill. <laughs> oh, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I've legit tried and like. I can. I mean, like, obviously, there's some practice component, but yeah, I've not been able to achieve any measure. So it, it, it literally started like my cousin and I, when we were young, we were like, and this sounds, this is probably going to like sound like the nerdiest thing ever, but we were like read dictionaries and thesauruses, right? 
And yes, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like literally, we would have this game that we played, right? And we would throw words at each other. And we would have to like rhyme off of that word. And what happened is, is it just, it caused you to think more and think faster. Yeah. And then try to put things together. So it's like, at first that's when you first started out, it's like, you're just, trying to, you're just trying to make stuff rhyme. And then after that, you're like actually trying to make sense out of what you're, what you're rhyming about. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's a thing that it's like, it's like a muscle, right? Like I haven't done it in years. So if I try to do it now, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the same, not going to have the same effect. So it's one of those things you have to constantly work at and you know, it's still there, but it's not the same as it used to be. So, you know, we, we, we actually talk about, uh, something similar just in writing like in creative writing when you're when you're writing regularly and you're putting in the chair time and you're sitting down it's kind of like it primes that engine that creative engine so the it's like it, it like you said it's like a muscle like the more you use it the more available it is to you yeah yeah uh, whether and that's like like your imagination being a muscle pretty much and that you yeah. that you work out and you get it ready but uh, yeah, when it when it's been a while and you're dusting the cobwebs off, and you're sitting there staring at a blank page. It's just like, uh. uh <laughs> well, so what's funny though is freestyle is totally different from writing, right? Like with yeah. writing, like writing comes easy to me. It's like it's not it's, it's second nature because I still I still write, right? So, um, but with the freestyling piece is actually a lot more difficult because there's no concept to it. There's no like, there's you're just pulling stuff out of out of air and making it happen. You know, instantly whereas with writing you're actually like sitting down you're contemplating you're thinking how yeah. is this work with this like you're actually like putting these pieces together and putting things together and trying to make a you know whether it's a story or a song you're still trying to like process that whereas with freestyling is like as soon yeah. as it happens it comes out so mm -hmm. it's that's why i think like just an aspect of working on it is like something that has to constantly be worked on um mm -hmm. especially trying to make sense out of words not just saying words so yeah it's fascinating what we were we were just talking about uh before you came on was we want to have a whole episode about it maybe we maybe we we, we bring you back on and uh like i, I want to practice, I gotta practice. It, it, it's yeah it's got me being like be like i want to do i want to do like get the drill that you just said like with the yeah. with the dictionary yeah. thesaurus and and just try to like uh i don't know see what if if i just like freestyle to myself for like a couple weeks just see if if i can tell that i'm any better by the time we get on and do a an episode that would be yeah be really what you do, like literally like it's gonna sound odd but like how about you and ben text each other throughout the day just random words right? yeah yeah that's a and great idea when you get that word you're like just in your head just trying to make something happen of it yeah that's a Stop great idea didn't work, bro. Didn't work. <laughs> 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 he sold us a dream yeah well, John, I'm Micah, by the way. I haven't introduced myself yet, but it's great yeah, to meet you. I met you I... a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Oh, really? Where at? Um, I think, did he, did he come to our church, Ben? Must have. Yeah, There's it was like been... a very long time ago. I think it was like one of those, what are those things called? Like a... There might have been more, like a reservoir. Hebrew or some or reservoir. I don't and know. They, they might oh, have come out by okay. one of those or something. Oh, okay, yeah. I see, I see. Well, either way, it's great to see you, man. And uh, it, Ben speaks only highly of you. And uh, also, I gotta say, it's it's just inspiring to be talking to you right now, um, as I am about to release my first children's book. Nice. And yeah, and uh, Congrats, I, I, man. 
Yeah, man. I, I, I went through and, uh, and was looking at yours. I got, I, I read, uh, uh, my kazoo, uh, me and my kazoo at the zoo. <laughs> Which was which was wild. That was a journey. That's my favorite one. That's actually one of my favorite ones. Actually, I so, loved it, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just so happy to have you on here. This is a this is a topic that's 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 very big on my heart. Cool. What's the, what's the title so far for you? Yeah. So the title is Randy the Robot. Nice. Yeah. I, I've been I've been putting it together for I wrote it years and years ago, but for the past yeah. like three years I've been working on it uh, steady. And we've got all the, it's been through editing. It's got the, um, all the illustrations are done. We're doing lettering. We've got cover back done. Um, like we're just about ready to, um, uh, to publish. Nice. If you have any yeah. questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you. I, I will for sure, man. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I wanted to, to get into asking you some questions, uh, on here. Um, which, which one was your first book and what, uh, what was that process like? Um, actually the first book, Ben's wife illustrated for me. So, um, oh, that was, nice. I'll be right there. Um, that was my first book. And to be honest, like I actually wasn't trying to, um, I wasn't trying to publish a book, a book originally. It was just more so, um, like I was a dad who, who read stories for his kids and I wanted stories that to be honest, like that looked like us, right? We didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of books that had dads in them there was like all the dads in the books that i had were like you know like stuffed animals or like characters they weren't actually like physical dads physical fathers like human fathers and then mm. you know stories of like i didn't have any dads of color in my books mm -hmm. so i wanted like to just create a book in the house for my for my kids and then um and talking to like a lot of other dads it was kind of like um like why not do this for like other dads like why not create stories that dads can enjoy yeah. and it kind of just snowballed from there. Like it was never an intention to like be an author. It was more so just something that I wanted for my kids that I didn't have for them when they were little. And I wanted to kind of create stories for them. And, um, mm. it just literally snowballed from there. So that is so cool, man. How, how long have... ago was that? So that's process. I actually started writing, um, I'll be right there back in, We'll say 20, 2016, 2017, but mm -hmm. I didn't start the whole process until, um, so it's funny. I actually, I wanted to use Julia a long time ago, but at that time, I think she was still currently in school and I kept asking Shelly, I was like, Hey babe, I'm going to, uh, Shelly's my wife. I was like, Hey babe, I'm going to reach out to Julia. I know she's in school right now. She's like, John, she's in school. Wait till she's done. I'm like, all right. So I waited till she's done. Then apparently Ben wants to get married. So I was like, Dang. <laughs> so I wanted to reach out again and then they got married. I'm like, all right. So, so pretty much all, all around this time, like, you know, I had the idea and, um, and I wanted Julia because she knew our boys mm. and, um, it was like, it was like really intimate there. Like our boys are in their wedding. So like, I wanted somebody who knew our boys who knew my relationship with them to actually take part in like creating the first story. Mm. Um, so. So the illustration process was like the already. So, so what happens is I visualize everything in my mind, but I don't have the skill to, to you know, to illustrate. So same, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't have that gift. So I was like, you know, I want somebody who who has that ability, who has the skill, who knows my voice, to like you know to help me create this first story. And then and that came out in 2019. So oh man, that's so yeah. cool. 
Yeah, and, man. And you've got four under your belt now, right? Five. Five now. Five. Man. Yeah, just I one came out on Father's Day. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and your stories like they're each one is kind of a it's a, its own whole concept, you know. These are like they're they're very directed toward their kind of themes. Where did mm-hmm. where do you get the ideas for these specific stories? Like does it rain food me and my kazoo at the zoo? You know. So like, it literally derives from my kids. Like um a lot of the stories that like it'll be like a, a random blip that you know Isaiah and I or Elijah and I will have a conversation about. And um, it'll just spark a, a book from it, right? So I'll be right there, started from a conversation I had with Isaiah, my oldest. He got scared at night. And I was like, don't worry, I got you. I'm right there for you. And he, I sat by the bed and and a book came from that, right? Me and my kazoo with the zoo, Elijah, my son Elijah loves music. He loves music to like, I mean, he sings for like no reason, right? So loves music and he loves animals. So, um, so like, you know, it's like, combination of like what did you have what if you had like your favorite music with the at the zoo with you so it was like me and my kazoo at the zoo right um does it rain food like i had just found out that we were going to have a baby we had a baby in september right so we had just found out we were having a baby and um i just had a random thought like i wonder if babies think food is like falling on top of them like when they're when mommy's eating and it's just like yeah like like little nuggets or something so yeah i'm weird that way don't judge me don't judge me but i love it though so it just kind of like it kind of came from there like just random ideas and i have like a i'll be honest i have like a childlike mind right you know i'm old but i got like a childlike mind so because i worked with kids for years i used to teach i currently still work with kids so like i kind of like get into a mind of like a child i'm like what would like what would a child a child's imagination want to see yeah you know what would they want to see in the book? Like, how could they, how could their imagination be stretched and, and go to so many different places? So, yeah. You've talked about some of the things that like your, your goals with writing these stories, like broadening representation um, Mm -hmm. and like creating something that your kids will like things that other dads would like reading. Do you have other like goals in mind when you think about writing children's stories? Do you have like a certain number of books you want to get to or certain thing that you're looking to like, yeah, accomplished with writing kids stories um so it's it's funny like i have no goal as far as like the selling of books right my goal more so is the i like the the coolest thing that i like for me is seeing like people send pictures of them or telling me stories of them like actually sitting down and reading these stories with their children or sending me pictures of or telling me of like their children laughing at the stories like yeah Hmm. You know, because I, and I'll be honest, like it, it, it drives me more. So when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't grow up with that, right? So it was my mother and I, and the simple fact, my mom was always working hard. So I want families to like to be able to like take the time aside to sit down with their children and enjoy the stories, right? Yeah, that is my goal behind each and every book. And if you look in the books too, like they're all like kind of family geared, like it gets the family involved. There's a lot of discussion between the mom and children or, mm-hmm. or things like that. So right. that's my, that's my, my main goal is really just to, I was a social worker for, you know, for 12 years. So yeah, being in the right. field and, and understanding family dynamics, I wanted them to, to have those moments where they can actually just sit down with their children 
and and pause for a moment, pause life for a moment, and just enjoy your child because your child is not going to be a child always. So mm. yes, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, I I I think that like hearing you talk about your your vision and what you want to do with kids stories is so cool. I I'm curious like. If you see that, if you see yourself, if, if this is the place where you're just like, yes, I love writing kids stories this is where I want to be. Or do you see yourself like as a writer taking that as a, as a starting point, branching out into other types of genres like young adult or other things? Ah, so I actually started a young adult novel, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. But okay. Um, but All more right. so, so, so my gear is more so still towards, um, you know, just doing children's books. Um, but because my, my children are, it's kind of funny, like as my children grow, I'm growing with them. Mm-hmm. So right now that, you know, my, my son Isaiah is going to middle school, but he's like reading young adult novels, right? So he like, if you if you ever talk to him, he's always reading something new. Mm-hmm. So um, just in a conversation with him, I sparked the idea like, well, I want to create like a story that he could read and his friends will want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, I don't know what it'll, it'll lead to, right? Like I wasn't even planning on writing children's stories in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of just depends on with, with the good thing about art, right? Is art kind of translates no matter where you go, right? So if I'm working with children and then, you know, continue to do children's stories and it'll kind of stay in that area. But as my children grow, I'm growing with them. I may write, you know, young adult, continue to write young adult novels and make transition on to you know to adult and I was I don't I really don't know it wasn't a plan to it so there's no there's no form or faction to it it's just like there's an idea that comes up and I just want to you know flush it out so yeah but that's cool to hear that you're like open to it and like yeah you're like yeah it's, it's always exciting to hear about like people evolving like I know like taking taking going from rap obviously like I don't know like what other types have you done other like what is your writing history what like, so yeah so it's funny, good my few... writing history actually started with poetry okay. so so from a young age i was always in the arts just in general and mm-hmm. that's the thing about it. most of us like a lot of even writers like you just enjoy art right right um and so my main thing was poetry so like the transition from poetry to rap was like wasn't wasn't that difficult because all rap is is poetry and motion right so mm-hmm. I just had to like learn how to get it on beat, but yeah, started with poetry, um, and you know, like from that transition from even with the even with the children's book, they're still they're still written in poetry form, because I understand like too as a teacher, I understand like it's easier for children to understand concepts, learn words, um, when stories are written in that form, because mm-hmm. you know constantly reading and repetition helps memory, you know, helps you know children to learn and remember things easier, so. So I purposely even write the books in rhyming form so that children can learn, um, you know, words. They can understand rhyming forms and patterns and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, What in your eyes makes something a children's story? What are like the factors that you're like, okay, so, so we had, we, we have sort of challenges. We do every, every episode of this podcast, we'll send out a prompt for people to send in submissions. And then we kind of read them this time. Our prompt was to write a children's story. And, um, so, so we had people sending in. And so I was just internally debating as I sat down to write, 
and kind of had this existential crisis of like, wait, what is it, children? It's like, how, how do I write something that is distinctly that and not something else? And like all it was just intriguing to me, all the different variables and factors that came to mind during that process. And so I'm curious to just pick your brain about what makes something to you a children's story. Um, so what makes it a children's story to me is I literally... I literally dumbed down, not dumbed down. I'm going to say dumbed down. I literally try to get into the mind of a child, right? Mm. And I think about the things that I enjoyed when I was little. And um, I just go from that perspective, right? Like I said, I still have small children now. So right. I talk to them on a daily basis about the things that are funny to them, the things that are curious, the things mm-hmm. that they think about. So I think I, I learned one thing, like, you are what you eat, right? My mom used to always tell me, like, John, you keep eating those hamburgers, you're going to turn into a hamburger. And as you can see, I'm not the small individual. I'm pretty big, right? So, but that's the thing about it. Like, the thing that you're constantly around is going to, it helps you to, to, to actually, at least helps me to be inspired to, like, understand, like, what a child may like because I see what my children like. I find, I see what my children find funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, the smallest thing from, like, I actually was actually I actually like wrote a new book last night, right? And then the whole time I'm I'm writing the story, right? I'm actually like sitting here reading it as I wrote it and laughing to myself in my head. Like it's, it yeah. sounds weird. That's don't, great. Don't That's a me. good sign. That's a good yeah, sign. Yeah, don't judge me. It's okay. Yeah. But I was like I was literally thinking like, how would a kid read this? This is hilarious. This is weird. This is funny. This is quirky. And then I'm also visualizing like the images that would go along with it. And mm-hmm. I think the thing is. Um, like how I work with stories is I work from like a, I think about the whole picture and I work my way backwards. Like I think about, I think about the story visually before I even start writing, really writing the words. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about like, all right, how do I want to imagine this? So when me and my kazoo with the zoo, I was just imagining like me walking around the, like I said, like walking around the zoo with an instrument mm-hmm. and it just happened that kazoo rhymed with zoo. Yeah. And I ran with that. But really, mm-hmm. it was just started from it. Actually, it was like me imagining like penguins, like having little drum sets. Yeah. And and just working my way back from uh-huh. that image. That sounds crazy. <laughs> but I worked my way back from that like little image and just started trying to make, you know, things it's like Michelangelo seeing David in the marble. Yeah. He just saw the penguins. Yeah, he, he just saw playing, like, Yeah, he saw a like, bear playing bass. Doctor Strange. He's like, oh, you're yeah. like, there's there's only one outcome that's possible. There's only with the one. penguins playing the drums. Yeah, and the, the snakes are saucing. <laughs> Yeah, so I, that's how that's how like I, I view. Yeah, I really so, think about like what a, what would a child think about? That's this amazing. Story? Yeah, so it's all about the audience perspective and all about mm-hmm. just like what appeals to kids. What would make yeah. this good for kids? If it meets those criteria, then it's a children's story. Well, yeah. that that I mean, it sounds like that. But one thing I also want to point out is like you have a really good handle on the faders of your motivations behind why you make the children's books and like wanting to be dad inclusive, wanting to be family inclusive, wanting to be color inclusive. Um, but also while ha- having that, that's like personal motivation, but then having a great handle on what kids think is fun, like zany things, you know, and like yeah. where, where to like, where to go, where to not go so heavy over here, where to go more over mm-hmm. here and, and kind of bring it back. Like, uh, like on, on, on my kazoo where, 
you know, I didn't know where that thing was going. You know, at first they're getting ready to go to the zoo. I thought all this stuff was going to happen at the zoo, but he's just going off and he's, and I, it painted a great picture of like, they're trying to get ready to go to the zoo. And he's just thinking of all these different things that could happen. And he's talking, bouncing them off his mom and his um, mom's just like, maybe let's go check it out. And then yeah, let's go see what happens. it shows all of y'all getting into the, the car together. And then it's like, uh, and the, but then like, even the, the, like, like tagline on the end, like, um, would y'all like to play with me too? And, or, or, or it's like, can we play too? Like, we'd like to play with you too. Like, it's kind of like bringing it all in. Like, oh yeah, we're all together. Let's all go have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I thought that was, uh, that was just something that really stood out to me and then hearing you talk about your motivations and background, it feels like you're, you're nailing that. Yeah. It's really and cool. I, the goal. Yeah. The goal. And like, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm like, a, I'm a really, I'm a relational type of person. So I was thinking about relationships with anybody, like with people in general. And, you know, one, like the one I was working on last night was more so just, it was a relationship with an inanimate object, but it's more so how this child views themselves through this inanimate object. And um, mm. like a lot of times, you know, children don't think about like, you know, we don't think that children think about it, but like, you know, just for those children, like I grew up as the only child. So I didn't have like brothers or sisters to bounce stuff off of, right? So I was the only child and I had like, I had a favorite stuffed animal and I had a favorite hamster named Jake. Yes, I named my hamster Jake. I don't know why, but. Jake? Jake. 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 Oh, Jake. Funny though, so, like, I, I found pictures of Jake, right? And I'm in here taking selfies with him. I have sunglasses on. He's a hamster. Like, he's just. <laughs> but, but that's the thing about it is, like, that's. I did that as a child, right? Children think that way. Like, they think that, that like, this hamster was the most awesome thing to me. Like, this yeah. was, like, amazing to me. Just imagine, like, how many other children think, like, inanimate objects that we think aren't, aren't important to us are important to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to, like, you know, highlight those things that, because it's, it's twofold, right? And this is another thing I didn't mention about the books, though. The books are for children to enjoy, but it's also to put, to give a perspective to, to parents, to help them understand how their child thinks mm. and to be okay with how their child thinks. Mm. Um, a Teaching lot of times, on both sides. Yeah. So like, you know, when I, when I did, um, I'll be right there. It was, a, it was a letter to my son saying, I'll be right there for you. But it's also a reminder for me to be responsible, right? That I have a, I have a responsibility as a parent to be there for my child that I may mm. not want to, but I didn't choose. They didn't choose to come into this world. I chose to have them here. So because yeah. I chose to have them here, I have a responsibility to them. So, so like, even though it's not, overtly saying that that's the thing I want to, to happen is for parents to to read this book to their children and think like I have a responsibility to make sure you know my child feels like they're safe and for yeah. the child to feel like they can go to their parent whenever things feel unsafe for them same thing with me and my kazoo with the zoo like that you can you can dream with your parents that you can have those moments of like this having the craziest thought and parents it's okay sometimes yeah. just, just honor that like just honor yeah. them being a child because they're only a child for how long? They have the, you have your whole life to be an adult. Like you're only a child for like you know twenty years of that. And so, even, even in the story, like you don't have to tell them that they don't do that at the zoo. It's no. just like maybe they do. Let's go see. Let's go find out. You know you yeah, you know like let's just go together. Like, yeah. So so it's funny. So like when I go to book fairs and stuff, right? 
I actually have kazoos with me at the book fairs. Nice. And I give kazoos away with the books. And I the, give one the to instructional the instructional at the in the at the back was so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so the cool thing about it is I give one to the child and I give one to the parents. And I'm like, all right. So it was cool. One time I was at a, a book fair that had like a music fest there, and I was like, all right, now you gotta make a deal with me. So I'll give you this book for free, but you gotta take a kazoo, mom and dad, and little one, and then I gotta play with the band. And it was cool because I got to go over and like watch them. They were sitting there playing with the kazoo because they got a free book. And I told them, to do it. you know what I mean? But yeah, but it was cool. You know, just watching kids and parents just be free from them, like mm-hmm. to take the stress of the world away and just enjoy playing the kazoo. Because who doesn't want to play a kazoo? Yeah. So I yeah. love it, man. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, we we have something that we talk about often on the show, um, just as writers wanting to write more and wanting to develop better writing habits. Um, as somebody who's, who's cranked out five books since 2019 yeah, and you just, and you're just starting another one and you're starting a, a, a YA novel, uh, what is your, what is your writing regimen, uh, kind of practice look like? Do you have, do you have time that you try to set aside like a week? Um, like we call it chair time. Like what's, yeah. what's your chair time look like? So my chair time is usually from 10 to 11.30, two times a week. I actually have the schedule. Very um, cool. In the morning? Night. At night. At night. Okay. All so right. After everybody's, everybody's down. Sleep and everybody's down and everybody's away, 10 to 11.30, that time is set aside. And sometimes, you know, writing comes of it. Sometimes I'm working on, like, you know, just doing the marketing and promotion piece of it. But I set that time aside. I had to, like, learn how to – because I do other things, I had to learn how to like section time mm. to make sure like if I don't yeah. set this time aside, I won't set it aside. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so, that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you you find yourself like you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm 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 in this chair from uh ten from ten to eleven thirty. You know, like and, and sometimes staring at a blank screen, just like okay. So <laughs> so so. But, so I set that time aside, but it's like, it's more so just free time. But like last night, the ideas were just, you know, it was just flowing yesterday. Yeah. Um. So I just, however long I'm sitting here, if it's flowing and my, you know, my wife will come out, Hey, hey babe, it's time to go to bed. I'm like, um, uh, I'm not done yet. Can I, can I finish a little more? So. Yeah. Um, when it oh, did, you can't, you can't turn it off. Like when the, when the walls yeah, are when, the when it's open. like, yeah, dude, it's. It's, it's too precious. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's like it's like you're digging for gold uh, for months, and then you strike gold. And it's like, all right, let's come back tomorrow. You're like, no, I'm digging this nah, up right I'm now. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for it later. It's all good. Whatever, man. I, you can always get sleep another time. Let's do this. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so, so I'll pay for it this morning. I woke up at like seven o'clock. Like, but, <laughs> but um, but I'm happy what you know what came out of it. So it was like you know one of those things. It's like that sacrifice is worth it. So yes, yeah. What uh what publishing platforms do you use? So I actually um use you ever heard of Ingram Sparks or or Lulu? Uh they both sound familiar. So what Ingram Sparks and Lulu and Lulu do, they are um publishing platforms for you know, those who are doing the independent route. Yes. And they actually do your distribution for you. So um I use Amazon of course because everybody uses Amazon. 
Yeah. Um, and I use them for paperbacks, but everything else, as far as hardbacks and all that, I do my distribution through Lulu, who actually distributes it to to pretty much everybody. Walmart, you name it. Barnes and Nobles. Very cool. They do all the work. It's almost like you ever heard of TuneCore? Yes, yes. It's like pretty much TuneCore for books. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, we use TuneCore. Yep. Very so, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I've learned, one thing I've learned is, one, I want to control, that's what I'm doing independent writers, I want to control when and, and how the books come out. They all come out on their birthdays or significant days. Ah, uh, that's beautiful. So, yeah, so I want to control that. So being able to do that, I had to like kind of, you know, find my own way about doing it. And, you know, with the platforms, you know, you still have to do a lot of work to do it, to get it done. Mm. But it just allows you more control about how you do things and when do you do things and then how it gets out. And also, too, is knowing what I can and what I can't do mm. and what I got the time for. I'm like, well, if I can get somebody else, if I can do this part and give it all to somebody else and then they can manage everything else, I'll take that route. So Yeah. Have you... Uh... What about like literary agents and stuff like that? Like, is that something uh, that you deal with or that you're even open to? Or would you I rather be open that? to? Um, but right now, I think I just, I just, I still just like the freedom. Yeah. I like the That's freedom cool. of being able to, um, to say and do, control when and how, uh, what the agent and those things like that. You're, you're kind of like put on time limits and crunches and, yeah, I like the control aspect of how how I how and when I do things. So yeah, and um, and with so that distro, you know it's out there. So that's yeah. yeah so I think the tough cool. part, I think the tough part, and that's one thing I have to get in my head is like being able to like say, all right, well, a literary agent may be beneficial without you know without feeling like I'm giving up on myself and the things I like to do the way I like to do them. So mm. yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I'm at right now is I've got a. I finally got like, I've got the whole, the full, the full package, you know, and I'm like, it would be cool to, to land like a literary agent or something and go that route. Cause I just kind of equated to the music industry, mm-hmm. uh, like, like signing to a record label, you know, and like, um, but I'm also looking at the final packages. Like, I'm like, I did all of this. Like yeah. what, what, what are they going to bring to the table for me? Cause I, I mean, this thing is done. Like I could also just self publish this thing. So that's yeah, kind of that limbo I'm part. in right now. So, you know, to be honest, like with that piece, right. Is looking at it. When you create this thing, you also want to, don't want to get in a, put in a position where you feel like, all right, I shot this to somebody. I shot this to a literary, literary agent or, you know, a publishing company. And they're like, well, we don't want this work. We don't like this work. And you start to question and doubt yourself too. Mm. And I don't want to get into the boat where I question and doubt anything I do because I know my intention behind it. Right. Mm. Um, so one that having that control of saying, I, I want to do it the way I want to do it too. Um, not having outside people make me doubt what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But also like the aspect too, like, just like you mentioned, if you can sign to a record label, you're bound to whatever the record label kind of like says you have to do like you have to put your album out at this time like mm-hmm. you're looking at the units that you're trying to sell and push and it becomes like it becomes like this this uh like a monster that sometimes you don't feel like dealing with right mm. whereas if you control it yourself you can once again you can control it yourself right like i'm not having outside factors looking at my numbers and things like that like i don't care about my numbers the numbers keep are cool. it pure yeah i just want to keep it wholesome the reason why i'm doing this is not not really to make sales not i'll be honest like i'm not doing it to make sales it's cool if i make the sales i'm happy i don't make the sales 
Um, and that's why I continue to, you know, that's what allows me to keep doing it. But the reality of why I'm doing it is, is I want people to enjoy stories. I, I love yeah. stories. Like I love, when I go to the movies, I enjoy watching a movie. When I read a book, I enjoy reading a story. Mm-hmm. So same reason why y'all doing a podcast. Like, of course, you know, of course, something's coming from it, but it sparked, it was sparked from something that you, that you love doing. You guys are writers, right? So mm-hmm. the thing that, that, that drives you, you don't want to lose that in the midst of trying to find numbers and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. That's great. I needed to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> this is all been. Ha- is Wait, all why did we start the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wait. Why did I- oh, right. There was something that I, I love. Oh, hey, yeah. This is almost episode uh, last one. You get so caught up in the stuff that you're doing. So, I, so I'm a photographer as well. And so I'm a wedding photographer. So one of the things, like, one of the things that happened with weddings is, I started getting like focused on how many weddings I shot a year, mm. and then I started noticing two things. One, the more weddings that I wanted to shoot a year, the less time I had time to spend with my family, right? Um, and family is more important to me than weddings. I can. The cool thing about it, weddings, I, I choose to do them and how to do them and when I do them. Um, and then the second thing is, I got so more, I got so focused on the business aspect that I stopped enjoying shooting mm-hmm. i stopped enjoying doing weddings i stopped doing enjoying doing photography and i took that same concept of like i don't want to lose the joy that i have you know writing books focus on the business yeah. I, did, I went back to the same basis of photography like i'm only doing this around of weddings a year i'm only doing weddings that i feel like i'm enjoy and then i like the people and you know i like the couples and things like that yeah i had to get back to that basis and it's if you're like not protecting your inspiration, love, yeah. If you're not doing something yeah. that you love, then it's hard to be inspired when, um, when you you know the thing that you that you 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 know originally started inspired you is not is not the same anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people people lose their love for music because the reason why they started it is not the reason why they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. It becomes a survival thing rather than a joy. Absolutely, so, man. Yeah. I've been there been on that side of it too yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no, true i mean like like gotta protect your protect your joy protect your passions there's great right. wisdom in kind of like being picky about the jobs that you take being being exclusive it's like especially if you're someone who's skilled at what you're doing it's like that's not necessarily something that's going to hurt you in the long run like having the energy to really put forward everything that you want to into those jobs that you really want and it's like like that's that is like a, a, a really healthy way to manage energy that will probably net you more time doing things that you want to do in the future because you're actually focusing on those things more directly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys are, so I'm, I love anime, right? Do you ever see the Animatrix? Yeah. Yes. Do you remember the episode? What was the guy? He was um, like an artist. He was like a machine that was an artist and he got like to this point where he was like, he got like, you know, he, he, got to like the highest point of like his career and all that. And then he got to a point where he was like, you know what? I don't enjoy this. And he went back to like a lowly like machine. They started cleaning the, Dude. the pool. Oh, the love, death and robots. Those love, death and robots. That's love, death and robots. That's Zima blue season one. Zima blue. Yeah, it is Zima blue. You're right. That, season that one, right? Is, yeah, dude, for yeah. sure. Sorry about that. So <laughs> Zima blue. So yeah, yeah, Zima blue reminded me of that. Like that, that aspect of, um, of getting to this point where you don't even enjoy what you're doing anymore to so just bring it back down. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. Um, speaking of things that you enjoy, I'm really curious what books you read as a kid. So you know what's funny? I don't remember any. All I remember was Berenstain Bears. Yeah. When Dang, I was that's little. one. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah. So I was I was heavy in the comics. That's all I remember was comics. And do you remember it with the E or the A? I don't remember it, yo. It's it's so confusing. Like, I remember watching this video on YouTube, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, did it?" (laughs) Right. Going for a while. Right. Berenstain Bears. Yeah, Berenstain. Ben threw me into the Twilight Zone with that one too. I was like, "What?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like, I didn't even question it until I saw the video, and I started questioning my whole life. Like, am I in the wrong? <laughs> right. What no, else? Timeline. What yeah, else did I miss? <laughs> so, um, so we actually, if if we have a little time left, there's something that we, a segment we like to do on the show sometimes called Dead Words, okay. where we have like three words that we want to maybe bring back from the dead that are archaic, long forgotten lost pieces of language they're just little treasures that usually we love them so much and we can pick one to bring back this time mike and i've devised a little game around it so basically what we have is we have three words and then each word has three definitions one definition is the true dead word definition and then two of the definitions are decoys that mike and i each wrote one of devilish decoys (laughs) so instead of as normal how this game would proceed would be we would read the words and then decide one of three to revive and two would have to go back into the ground now the way this one's going to work all three are on the table to be revived any of them can get resurrected all that has to happen is if you get the definition right if you get the definition wrong a point will be awarded to either mike or i based on whose definition you chose if none (laughs) of the stories are resurrected then the winner between micah and i will get to decide which word gets resurrected does all those rules make sense they do make sense now. What if it, there there can't be a tie because it's the best out of three? Yeah, it's three, right? right? Yeah, and so right. if it's only a few, only a few. What if were I to only get... answer two? Like, do you guys have to like medieval duke it out to figure out who wins? Like, <laughs> no, no, if you because because you'll you'll answer the third one, and uh, then if you get it right, then we'll <laughs> yeah, then that'll be and the so, one that gets revived. So, yeah, if you get it right, uh, like I like like. Uh, if it, also let us know if there's one that you just absolutely love because uh, uh, we could pull some strings and maybe get that thing out of the ground. There we go. <laughs> so this has been a, a, a super fun segment. That this will be our third time having it, right? Third mm-hmm. time. Um, so. And it's being brought back by popular demand of our of our little community. Uh, so what we got to do though before we get into it is we got to uh, prep our defibrillators here. Because we got some, we got some, we got some dusty, some dusty zombies, uh, literary zombies about to be crawling out of the ground, and we're deciding which ones we're gonna bring back in. And so, once once one is revived, then the uh, the in the challenges you get uh, you get points, uh, you get bragging points for working in the new the revived yeah, word can... into your next challenges. The ones that have been revived so far were um, "smatch it" was the first one, which was a like a derogatory term just for like 
a greasy delinquent type individual. So <laughs> yeah. it could just you like, it, got res- it got resurrected though. Now it's ratchet. Like, it got, <laughs> Somehow Spatchet went to ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a noun. It's a noun version of ratchet. It's right, it's, right. A, a, a smash it is ratchet. <laughs> uh huh. And then do we did we did quanked right? Was quanked. quanked yeah, quanked, quanked was, was one. That's when you're really exhausted. You're totally quanked. <laughs> and then we sounds like a, I'm about to start using that. <laughs> it's good, right? We, we there. So wait, hold we, on. After we finish this, I got a challenge for y'all. Okay. The words if they if there are any words that are resurrected, you have to use them in the freestyle. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Oh man. And you got to use smash it in uh. <laughs> This we, is gonna be some very interesting freestyles. Michael, there was there was one more word. My favorite one was for watching someone eat. Oh, uh, groke, groke, <laughs> like groke. Watching, watching someone eat like lustfully. Yeah, like, longingly watching. But how how good is that? It's 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 a word that that groke. you need today. You know, someone's <laughs> groking so at you. They're watching you eat. Like, hey, can I have a bite? And you're like, like, quit groking, man. Like, what? <laughs> They still use that. Like, it literally feels walk, good. Walk down Center City, you're literally walking through, wind, like, looking through windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doing it. And it's got some bite to it. When when someone's watching you eat, you want to tell them off. It's like, stop groking. Stop groking, you know, me, you, man. Stop groking me. You smash it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read through the definitions for this. I'm too quick to be dealing this, with this. this first word here that we're potentially bringing back. <laughs> Okay. The first word is honey fuggle. <laughs> so I'm going to read you three definitions. All right, let's this. go. Um, one who behaves obsequiously, especially for one's own advantage. So obsequious being like obedient or servile. Okay. Um, another definition would be to caress someone in a sweet manner to provoke intimacy. Honey fuggle. Honeyfuckle, to compliment or flatter someone to get something you want. All right, so that's the three definitions. It's one who behaves obsequiously, especially for one's own advantage, to caress someone in a sweet manner to provoke intimacy, or to compliment or flatter someone to get something you want. I think number two. To caress someone in a sweet manner to provoke intimacy. That's mine. Oh, fell for the trap. It was number one, wasn't it? It was number one, wasn't it? It was not. It was the last one. It was the last one. It was to flatter someone to get something you want. (laughs) Yes. Honeyfuggle is a verb. 19th century. Ben's good at this. What's going on in 19th century, Ben? Oh, my God. This is about to be wrong, guys, again. Uh uh, Honeyfuggle, to compliment or flatter someone to get something you want. Ben wanted to play PS4 online, but had to honeyfuggle his girlfriend first. <laughs> That's the real example <laughs> definition they the gave real... in the book. It couldn't be I lost my mind when I read on. that. <laughs> okay, and Ben, why don't we, uh, we're gonna, we need to flash uh, the picture of a honeyfuggle on here. Uh, don't worry about it. There's little images that come with the things. They're pretty funny, but we'll put them up yeah. in the episode. Yeah, this um, guy is, uh, and they're all they're all like um, like old oil paintings, and there's this guy like very creepily sneaking <laughs> up behind this girl with 
with like trying to like spit some poetry while she's trying to do some work and she's like not having it. <laughs> honey fuggling. <laughs> yeah, he she knows she's getting honey fuggled by this guy. <laughs> um, okay. Micah, do you want to do the next word? Do you yeah. Have in front of you. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to do the next one. Um I don't know if you have all the definitions collected in one place. I but... do. Okay. okay. Cool. Um all right. So this next word is pingle. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, A, does pingle mean an itch or irritation that cannot be soothed? <laughs> I have a pingle. Um, does it mean, B, to work in a useless, unhelpful manner that only interferes? Or does it mean, C, to steal such a small amount of something that it wouldn't be noticed. What does it mean to pingle? Or what is a pingle? How about B? B? Yeah. You're Let's dead go, on! Go, yeah! Here we go! Let's get it! Boom! Oh, pingle is here. back! I have to say, this was my favorite one of this batch, and I'm thrilled pingle is that so we good. Pingle. Hey! Who is this? What's his name? Gabriana. Gabriana. Yes, her name. Oh, hey, pretty girl. (laughs) She's beautiful. Thank you. Well, she was here for for Pingle getting resurrected from from the grave. (laughs) You helped me get Pingle right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right. All right. Yeah, we've just got one more here. All right. The last word is obsquatulate. Um, what? <laughs> absquatulate. That sounds like a wet fart. If I don't... <laughs> let's, uh, that's actually uh, one of the options. Just let's, let's read these definitions here. We have absquatulate. A, to spend with reckless abandon. Uh-huh. B, absquatulate. To consider all foreseeable outcomes and arrive at no solution. <laughs> little doc, little Doctor Strange Doctor, moment yeah. there. Absquatulate. <laughs> Absquatulate C to run off with someone in a hurry to abscond. Dang. What was the first one again? Absquatulate to spend with reckless abandon. Is it C? It is C. C is correct. Is Absquatulate. C. Yes! Absquatulate. Yeah. <laughs> We have it. The, the, the team up from Gabriana and John. I know. Oh, man. Un, unbeatable. And exciting dead words. Our first dead words with two resurrections. Oh, this is huge. Yep. All right. We have two two empty literary graves now. Yay. Pingle and obsquatulate. Now you got to use those in, in rhymes. We do. We I do. know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. Thank you so much for playing Dead Words. And, John, thank you for coming on the podcast. I think that's just about wrapping up the time that we have here. Yes, Um, absolutely. Thank you so much, John. This has been inspirational and informative. Is there anything that you want to plug or advertise? Um, You know what? You can always find me on Instagram. Wrote by John is W-R-O-T-E-B-Y-J-O-N. Other than that, Nah, man, the books are out there. If you have questions, you know, just hit me up on Instagram. It's cool. Right. Jonathan Marshall, look him up. His stuff is awesome.
And so there's more to come. Bye, Gabby. Bye, Gabby. Bye. All right, fellas. All right, thanks, man. See ya. Oh, man, that was awesome. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. Yes. Thank you, John. to talk to you, to learn about writing children's stories, your career, everything going on with that. Mm -hmm. We have some children's stories of our own um, that we are going to read at this point in the evening. Um, Yes, from our last challenge, which was? It was call what was the name i don't think we had a name for it yet um but <laughs> yeah it, i i said well like <laughs> i said i said like children's book is what i is what is what yeah, i titled, so titled mine but the the idea was to take a, a challenge from a previous right guys um month or week and to take a submission that had been written by anyone ever that's on our website and to rewrite it as a children's story yes Yes, uh, and loved the submissions uh, as always. But this, these were these were fun. This was this actually ended up being a, a more difficult challenge than I thought it was going to be. I, I honestly, when I threw it out there, uh, I was like, "All right, this will be a cakewalk, easy peasy." Yeah, it's tough writing children's stories, especially when you've never written a children's story before and you don't actually know what it means come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, do you want to start with, uh, why don't you pick one and read it? Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and start with Tim's. Okay. Which Tim decided to rewrite Mario Sky's Mario romance story (laughs) which was like a pretty offensive and graphic um like porn yeah yeah (laughs) we could just say straight up porn so (laughs) to rewrite this as a kid's story children's story and it is like this belongs in a new tier of like the right guy's hall of fame like (laughs) There's a well, special place for this story at the at the crescendo at the end of the Hall of Fame. I yeah. just want, I'm gonna read this here. Please okay. enjoy this. All right, let's go. Mario Senior slipped silently out the back door of the banquet hall. The corridors echoed with celebration. Wahoo! Mario Senior said quietly to himself with a wistful sigh. Once upon a time, those cheers would have been for him. No more. Used to be that he couldn't walk anywhere in the kingdom without people stopping and staring and pointing at him in awe. Mario Sr. took off his hat, running his fingers through wisps of gray hair. No more. The stable door opened, a toad walking in, eyeing him. Mario's heart skipped a beat, happy to see an old friend. Hello. Oh. Mario Sr. cut off, cheeks red with embarrassment. It was not toad. Toad had red spots, not blue. Mario rushed out the door. Mario walked up to Yoshi, untying his reins. He thought about trying to triple jump onto his trusty old steed, grimaced as his back tensed up at the mere thought of it. Shaking his head, Mario Sr. went looking for a stool. He wished that he had brought some mushrooms with him. At least then he would be tall enough to mount Yoshi properly. But his cousin, Dr. Mario, had... (laughs) Wait. His cousin... Dr. Mario. <laughs> I love That's that. amazing. 
had warned him about overeating such things. Like too much sugar or too much chocolate, eating too many mushrooms would ruin his dinner and hurt his body in the long run. The last time he had tried the mega mushroom, his torso grew three times in size, horizontally. His legs and head were unaffected, leaving him trapped as a blue-faced ball of disappointment. He was stuck like that for over four hours. Dr. Mario called it vertical dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) Mario Sr. tottered on top of a stool and mounted Yoshi. Plastic keeps hanging mounted. (laughs) With an aching creak of his limbs, they trotted towards home. The bumpy ride reminded Mario of better days. He had visited Daisy and Peach often this way, one bag full of his special mushrooms. He had mushrooms for every occasion, ones that made him big, ones that made him small. This helped him to clean out gunk stuck in Peach's plumbing or or staining Daisy's chimney that other plumbers and chimney sweeps wouldn't dare touch. (laughs) He even had mushrooms that would take them to far-off worlds. But as time went on, Daisy and Peach had less and less time for him. Peach had a mushroom kingdom to run, and Daisy was busy attending to her garden of flowers. They had become queens, busy with regal business. The three of them couldn't frolic like in their youth. The warp pipes that had connected the kingdoms years ago had grown dry and stale without use. Lakitu's cloud service made them obsolete. Perhaps I can stop by Birdo's, Mario thought, starting to salivate salivate at the memory of her delicious egg and linguine recipe. He choked on a rogue thread of saliva, coughing profusely. (laughs) Just thinking of the food was a danger to his health, much less eating it. Mario Sr. shook his head. Getting old was a lonely business. He parked outside of his house, stepping off onto a hay bale that he used as a stool. He tied Yoshi to a fence post, frowning as his eyes saw a row of dark brown earth cutting a line through the meadow of his house. Once glimmering pipes sat together in a mix of dust and bits of stray straw. He couldn't lay a single pipe these days. He turned away from the trough and walked to the door of his cottage. He stopped, one hand on the doorknob, a great sadness washing over him. He didn't want to be alone, but everyone was busy with Mario Jr.'s victory party. Except, Mario looked over at his barn again. A Koopa dazed in the upper eaves, one bubble of snot expanding and contracting in the, in the rhythms of sleep. Mario Sr. walked to the guest house in the backyard. He knocked on the door. A high-pitched, muffled Italian voice answered him. Hello, it's me, Mario, he whispered hoarsely. Mamma mia, back so soon, the voice replied through garble. Wait, sorry. Mamma mia, back so soon, the voice replied through garble. Mario opened the door, stepping inside. I thought maybe you could use some Mario time. Okie dokie. Luigi said, looking up at Mario as he entered. That voice is perfect. Tubing connected the thin, frail skeleton that was Luigi to a tank of oxygen. Luigi pointed to the television. A familiar refrain blared from the speakers. Mario sat on the couch next to Luigi as coins pinged in the background. Here we go, the two brothers said in unison. The two brothers picked up a pair of oblong controllers from the tabletop, old hands quivering, then stealing as the familiar weight and feel of the gamepad settled in their palms. It started to play, fuzzy blocks shuffling across the screen. Mario smiled for the first time that day. There's no place like home. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. And he really brings it back to the heart of what Mario is all about. 
Yeah. Like, which Sky I, didn't even. <laughs> the original <laughs> wasn't. So even. yeah, like, at at, it, at one hand, he he completely diffused uh, yeah. the, the adult content from from uh, Sky's story, uh-huh. and then, uh, like you said, brought it back to the heart. And I love that they that they came back to play Mario Brothers. Yeah, I thought that was so yeah. cool. If it just felt so fitting, so like thematically poignant, like it felt like it was really like captured what mario is about in the story yeah and that's like kind of cool <laughs> yeah, yeah as far as like sitting down and reading this to a bunch of kids though i, <laughs> I don't know if they'd just be like sad like, okay so what's gonna happen to mario it's like well luigi's hooked up to an oxygen tank uh <laughs> There's no more pipes yeah. in the valley. It's definitely a, <laughs> it's, it's a contemplative, heavy. a contemplative piece. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this next time you play Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, Tim. Yeah, that was amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Right. Okay, I am gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read Shannon's. So, uh. So Shannon uh, took Anna's challenge from number eight, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, the romance one, Rom Bomb, and, uh, and took her story, Safety Romance, and wrote it as a children's story, yeah. which was a definitely a tall order that I think she absolutely blew yeah. out of the water. It's definitely like it was sensitive content warning, you know? Yes, yes. That one was a, it was definitely had some strong um, graphic themes. Yes. Strong adult themes. A wonderful story, not a children's story, but a very important story. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Shannon uh, uh, made it a kid's story with still retaining like a strong value to it. Yeah. Uh, So this is called Balloon Girl. Uh, My troubles try to weigh me down. They hide and wait and scare. So when my troubles come for me, I fill myself with air. Instead of letting scary things run up too close to me, my toes get light, my feet take flight, I say goodbye to gravity. First my shoes will leave the grass, then rooftops are in reach. I look down at my troubles, and my troubles start to shrink. Soon the tallest treetops look like broccoli on my plate. The clouds float by, but so do I. A breeze blows me away. Higher and higher, Balloon Girl floats over houses and mountains and trees. Not just the troubles, but everything's gone. Everything's gone but the breeze. Thank goodness a friend has a grip of a ribbon attached to my toe. He tied it real tight long before I took flight and watches me from down below. Floating away from the troubles seems fine, but people belong on the ground. So be sure you're planning on. So be sure if you're planning on flying away, you've got someone to tug you back down. So good, man! Like I read that like multiple times when I was reading that the first time. I was like, oh, oh yeah! Like and then yeah. thinking about this as being like something you would want to to you uh, like a, a lesson you'd want a kid to know, but it also kind of meets you where you're at like sometimes it feels good to to 
to detach, but we really belong on the ground to deal with these things. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. and yeah. you need to have Sh- friends. Shannon has uh, such a strong control over that tone for mm-hmm. children's story writing. I think like she, she really nails that, like the sort of simple, like simple rhyme structure, like almost nursery rhyme structure that feels like at this, like at the same time as it's very like, like, um, basic because it's like like hemmed into like very like specific rules it's also like very free at the same time Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like playing like with expanding and contracting lines of different lengths like exaggerating things the way that a kid would and like it it's sort of just feeling like it is in that like very playful tone the whole time. yeah really good understanding of audience Mm -hmm. and that was something that that i thought was uh uh that i really enjoyed on this was you know, saying like a like write a kid story. Um, you know, you're thinking about basically anything that's not an adult. You know, and so you could think like young adult in there. You could think uh, like it could be like basic board book stuff, like little golden books and stuff. You know, like it could be um, like very uh, uh, early development um small like like very simple words and stuff like that or it could be like shell silverstein-ish um like poems and everything but it it was kind of a a broad uh, a pretty broad stroke of a challenge and to see i think everyone who sent sent one in sent it in sent in a totally different style which i thought was really cool yeah thank you so much shannon yeah just and for the sake of time here i'm just going to keep going i'm going to run right through we got anna's and this is the last one we've had as a submission so after that it will just be let's go yours and mine um this is the curse of the were nun the bonfire crackled and sent flames soaring high into the skies me and the other kids in summer camp unwound at the end of a long day the fire flickered casting a ghoulish light on the face of ben one of our camp counselors After dark, Ben would always tell us spooky stories, the kind that had me and my friends checking the shadows for monsters and freezing at the sound of every cracking twig in case something was stalking us as we scuttled back to our cabins late at night. In spite of that, or maybe because of it, Ben was always our favorite camp counselor, and tonight was no exception. We leaned into the campfire light raptly as he spun another spine-chilling tale, The Curse of the Were-Nun. Once, long, long ago, in the graveyard of a German nunnery filled with shadows as jagged as monsters' teeth, Ben was such a drama kid. We loved it. We all leaned in further. A lone man named Lorenzo was a walkin', his mind bent on a single purpose. His wife was gravely ill, cursed by a wicked warlock. But he had a secret, something he had discovered after long studies in the arts of magic. An amulet shaped like the sun that would catch and trap curses. According to his research, this amulet was owned by a German nun named Wilhelmina, who lived in that very nunnery and so he had traveled a long way to find the amulet and break the curse. Before long, he caught sight of a lone woman standing among the headstones, that very Wilhelmina. He saw the amulet sparkling on her chest and ran towards her. Sister Wilhelmina, is that you? Lorenzo asked. That necklace around your neck, it is more than just jewelry. It is a curse catcher. My wife is gravely ill, and as Lorenzo trailed off, he showed her the sketch he had copied from an ancient book of magic. It matched the amulet around her neck perfectly. Sister Wilhelmina looked up, and her face was full of fear. Go back and speak of this to no one, 
the nun whispered. But I must have the amulet, Lorenzo whined. Before the nun could fight back, he grabbed her necklace and ripped it off her. And then, and then, we were all ears. Ben was animated as he narrated the next creepy chapter of this tale. Her eyes turned to slits, her hair to fur and her fingernails into long, sharp, deadly claws. She let out a howl, and before Lorenzo stood, a werewolf, the were-nun, one of the smaller girls screamed. And then, with a slash and a bite, she finished the poor soul off and ate him up. Well, most of him, anyway. The kids all cringed with disgust. The bits she left, she buried in a hole. She clawed into the soggy ground. With the amulet returned to her neck, she slowly regained her human form. She finished the burial with a shovel, and there was no trace of the unfortunate Lorenzo, and the secret of the were-nun was safe. We all shivered in the dark and checked over our shoulders to make sh extra sure no werewolves were creeping in the woods, waiting to gobble us up and bury us with shovels. What's the moral of the story? One kid piped up. There is no moral, stupid. It's just a story, an older boy snapped back. Oh, there is, there is, said Ben, savoring every word. The moral of the story is, Never steal a woman's jewelry! He grinned a wicked but friendly grin and winked. Good night, kids. <laughs> Thank that you, Anna. That was great. Yes, I love the take of, of turning it into... Telling yes. a camp campfire story. I've been immortalized in 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 in, uh, in a right submission here. Yes, I'm honored. Thank you. Yes, you had a good one too. You were you were immortalized in a limerick too. That's true. <laughs> Don't get a big head about this stuff, Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry to worry about you. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna go next. Uh, I have uploaded mine to. Uh, the docs if you want to read along Ben yep okay Got it. so I did uh, I took Ben's submission from cook a book uh, um, what was it it was Simon's uh, Simon Belligan's intergalactic pancake mix yes okay so I took Simon Belligan's intergalactic pancake mix and wrote it into a children's story <laughs> So it really hits hardest if you go back and read Ben's and then read this one, but I'm just going to dive in. Uh, this is called Don't Make Pancakes with Simon. Don't make pancakes with Simon. He says you'll have fun, but he's lying. Trust me, I know. It felt like my soul got mixed in the bowl. It was frightening. First, there were bubbles that spoke something muddled. He told me to translate was trouble. Then once on the stove, our first cake did go. I blinked and woke up befuddled. A being so grand in a shadowy land now towered for me in my pan. I burst into yelling with fear in my belly and blinked back to smells of a deli. My kitchen now reeked of mayonnaise and meat, so I took my pancake off the heat. But Simon pressed on, his instructions still long between me and when I could eat. The next cake was cooking not long before looking like it could be much like the last. But my mouth started tingling, the next thing I'm mingling with a lady all dressed up in black. I tried telling a joke, but in the middle I choked, forgetting the very best part. So she scowled and turned. I knew I'd been spurned, then woke up feeling like an old fart. 
Two days had now passed while cooking breakfast, and my hunger felt too much to bear. But Simon persisted. The last he insisted was a pancake without any snares. A regular one, just flippin' and done, so I dropped it in and turned to run. But it cooked with ease, so I buttered and squeezed maple syrup on everyone. Then I finally ate, but too fast and too late. Those cakes gave me a tummy ache. So next time you're trying to make breakfast exciting, remember this story I'm rhyming. Go with the ease of ordering a pizza. Just don't make pancakes with Simon. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's like, yeah. It's, it, don't make pancakes with Simon. It reminds me of don't like give a pig a pancake. Yeah, there's there's a there's a new one out. Uh, there's a new kids book out that's like killing it called "Don't Let the Duck Drive the Bus." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this one, this one to me was like was like total throwbacks to I I was obsessed with Shel Silverstein, so I was I was imagining it like Shel Silverstein with all the doodles around it mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I love it. Yeah, the, <laughs> all the I mean I forget so much of like the the actual like like tw- like trials that it's forcing you yeah. to go through but i'm assuming that you're interacting with those in some way like choking on telling a joke and something like, yeah. yeah so in the in the second on the second pancake she's measuring his charisma <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he tries telling a joke but he loses and the uh the consequence is is getting filled with the energy of dr phil <laughs> so he woke up feeling like an old fart <laughs> got it yeah that's great and the the first one was uh if if you if you showed courage you would get the (laughs) the boon and then if you showed fear you'd get the curse and the curse was that uh your your pancakes would smell of subway sandwiches (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's great the mayonnaise and meat yeah it's perfect blink back to smells of a deli it's so good <laughs> all right dude you're immortalized thrice you, dude that's quite an honor and um the one that i did was also one that we both have been immortalized in oh yes actually so if you just want to go to the email i i emailed it to us in there all right so this is called my evil podcast it's not easy starting a podcast frowny face one year ago (laughs) i was invited across the country to meet a real life giant the giant's main job was screaming but in his spare time he wanted to start a podcast with me i did not have a job at all not even screaming so this was an easy decision for me (laughs) as well as a great opportunity. (laughs) I packed my things and flew to Texas for a week to record the first episode. Every day we argued with our gear. The cameras told us, we can't go for more than 30 minutes at a time, and wouldn't broadcast as a webcam on our mobile device. The mics were only compatible with Windows 95, and I couldn't keep my face at proper distance from them, even if I tried. The problems were endless. We fought, we fought through it and recorded one episode, but the audio cut out halfway through, so it was unusable. <laughs> By now, the giant and I were certain that supernatural powers were in play. Hidden forces conspired against our goals. 
we knew that if we were ever going to get this thing off the ground, it would mean getting our hands dirty with magics of our own. So we brew a fresh new ritual to stew you every month. We write a prompt. It fills your thoughts until they're ripe and plump. Then you go to harvest and you reap what we have sown. And we make you stand in line before you bring them to the throne. We'll call them writing challenges. <laughs> this could work. The giant rubbed his hands together with a greasy grin. Indeed, and that's not to mention how easy it all would have been if it weren't for that meddling Cerebus the Usurper. Oh! Or Tim. <laughs> oh, man, that was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's based on Tim's right guys, um, like R-I-T-E guys writing submission he did for challenge number nine i think it was yes which was roll a roll and he <laughs> wrote like this weird abstract thing about me and micah's <laughs> podcast actually being like an evil ritual to our vanity and idolatry based on writing prompts <laughs> and challenges that we are forcing people to use their creative energy on it's a fun little concept and so i kind of just thought what if it was true yeah <laughs> i story of I love the, the the perspective of of just this looming evil giant. It's like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> giant's main job was screaming. <laughs> yeah, that's what giants do. <laughs> they just You're a scream. real life caricature. <laughs> a screaming giant. I'll take it. It's wonderful. Oh, it's so fun. Um, but we well, should timing wise intro the next challenge yes that's what i was about to do so the next challenge so hey thank you everybody for uh for Thanks those so much, that was guys. awesome um and if you're just hearing this episode for the first time dive in and go do that challenge you know like any of these i hope that i hope that people uh that are that are coming onto the the podcast later um dig back and start doing these challenges and if you ever want to get them read and uh, and get our feedback or something, feel free to, uh, to submit them too. You don't have to just submit them, uh, it, within the timeframes of that challenge. Um, true. but, uh, anyway, so without further ado, uh, we need to wrap this baby up and, uh, the next challenge is going to be called wordsmith. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah, so your challenge is to create a word. Um, Make not it up talking, yourself. Yeah, Don't yeah. Just not, write any word and say that you created it. Just cre create a word and then use it in uh, in, in a fifty-word story, a fifty-word fantasy, if you will. Um, uh, and. Well, well, I mean, because I don't want you don't like make like a name of a town. I'm talking like make a word Not that a you can use noun, like a verb or like a noun part of speech. Anything yeah. that's going to be in that story. And you got to really work it in there. Good. <laughs> yeah. But convince us like like, you know, uh, like Shakespeare. How many how many words they say that he, he invented? At least like, five. Like and ambulance was one of them. And so oh, is man. assassin. Ambulance. Uh, assassin. Silhouette champion double boom. boom double come on we All need to get on that level let's let's start making some words um and uh 
Yeah, and then I, I've actually uh, come up with a few words on my own through my my time with O Sleeper, and uh, we're, we're going to do a lyrical deep dive next uh, episode and dig into that a little bit as well. But yes, yeah, sir. that's what we got. So 50-word fantasy, create a word, wordsmith, and who knows, maybe we all start using that word because it's that good. Yeah, I'm excited for that challenge. Yeah, Micah, it was so good doing this episode with you. I wish that we had more time. Me too. I just want to hang. Guys, right guys, we love you. Um, We'll see you in a few weeks. Yes. Please stay safe, keep writing, and have a good time. Yes, come hang out in the Discord too. Yes, we love you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye. Bye.